0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, alhamdulillah, today is the 25th of December in the year 2022. Alhamdulillah, we moved on to the second half of the year, uh, beginning the seventh month the 27th session that we're going through the commentary of the blessed surah al-anbiya salatu wa salam. and i've reached verse 92 so inshallah today going through up to and including verse 95 so verse 92 a'udhu billahi minash bismillahir rahmanir verily this ummah of yours is one and i I'm your Lord and Cherisher Therefore, serve me A'i and no other. So now, if you look at this verse The previous verses Allah the Almighty and Glorious mentions many of the Prophets <coughs> So he mentioned Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, Then Lut alayhi salatu wasalam, Then Nuh alayhi salatu Dawud alayhi salatu salam, Suleiman alayhi salatu wasalam, Ayyub alayhi salatu wasalam, Zulqifl alayhi salatu wasalam, Zakariya alayhi salatu wasalam, Yahya alayhi salatu wasalam, and concluding with Mariam radiyaullah. And after mentioning a glimpse into the Holy Prophets, he now mentions, verily this Ummah of yours is one. So, what's being highlighted here? In Ibn Jadeer and Ibn Kathir's tafsir Abdullah Ibn Abbas, he recited the opening of the verse, Inna Ummatukum أُمَّتُ ummatu Verily this ummat of yours is one. He, he explained, Your religion is one religion. Meaning they all came with one one religion, Islam. Our beloved messenger himself had said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Sayyih Bukhari. We the prophets, salatu are brothers from different mothers, and our religion is one. We the prophets, salatu are brothers from different mothers, and our religion is one. <coughs> so one interpretation of this blessed hadith is that they all, they, all came with Tawheed. but the mothers represent the Sharia. So Allah Ta'ala revealed laws suitable for the time that the people were in. So the Prophet is echoing this verse. So how beautiful that Allah Ta'ala mentions all the Prophets, or many of the Prophets, and then he reminds you of this. Meaning that this is just a continuance of the uh, commands of old. And this is why there is a verse in Surah 3 verse 85. In Surah Ali Imran, verse 85, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, If anyone desires a religion other than Islam, never will it be accepted from him. And in the hereafter, he will be in the rank of those who have lost. So Allah Tala mentions Islam is the only acceptable religion. That is a report. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Al-Haytami in Majma al-Zawahir 10-342 (laughs) and Dur al-Mantur al-Bidayah al-Mishqa Abu Huraira radiallah, he relates that our beloved messenger said, and I've summarized: finally, Islam will come and say, You are Salam, and I am Islam. Allah the Almighty, the Most High, will say, You are good. Today, by means of you, I shall punish. And by means of you, I shall give. Allah the Most High had said, and then he recited this verse, the Prophet i.e. verse 85. If anyone desires a religion other than Islam, never will it be accepted of him. So here in this hadith, (coughs) if you look at the whole report, deeds come in human form to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Salat comes before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sadaqah comes before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fasting. And then, at the end, Islam comes itself. So look how amazing. Our religion will come in a human form. And the religion will say, You are Salam, I am Islam. This is why it's called Islam. Because it's the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah says, You are good. By means of you, I shall punish. By means of you, I will give life. And then the verse was recited. So, why is this narration fascinating? Because... Other religions also fast. So when the deeds are coming, they may be thinking, we have got hope. Other religions also give sadaqah. When Islam comes, that's it. So this is the beauty. So Allah is highlighting that it's only Islam and Islam only that will give uh, success. And this is why (coughs) there's another verse. In Surah Ali Imran, Surah 3, verse 84, Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, He says, Say, we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in what was revealed to us, what was revealed to Ibrahim, Ismail, Ishaq, Yaqub and Asbat and in the books given to Musa, Isa and the prophets from their Lord. We make no distinction between one and another amongst them and we are Muslims. (coughs) So Allah the Almighty and glorious tells His Beloved to tell the people of the book and everybody that we, we believe in all the prophets. We believe in all the books. But we are Muslims. لَهُ مُسْلِمُونَ So note again and again Allah is mentioning this fact. So here when Allah Tala mentions Verily this Ummat of yours is one and I am your Lord and Cherisher therefore serve me and no other is reiterating this fact. Verse 93 But i.e. later generations cut off their affairs eye of unity one from another, yet will they all return to us. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, though I send prophets after prophets with the same message, the later generations, they could they could the affair of unity, meaning Tawheed is gone. They could the affair of unity, but they will eventually return. Now what's interesting, there's a very similar passage in Surah 23, verse 53. In Surah 23, verse 53, Allah Ta'ala mentions very similar there. And he says, But people have cut off their affair of unity between them into sects. Each party rejoices in that which is with itself. So look how interesting. Allah Ta'ala says, أُمْرَهُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ People have cut off their affair into Zubura. Mm. Then he says, mm. Each party rejoices in what he has broken off. Mm. So now there's fascinating point here. So Shaykh al-Bani in his book, following the sunnah of the Prophet page 128 to 9, there's a quote. So the Shaykh quotes this verse. But they divided their religion amongst them into zubura. Then he quotes Hafiz ibn Kayyim. Hafiz ibn Kayyim said, Al-Zubur means every group composed books for themselves, which they adhered to, acted upon, called to, in opposition to the books of other groups, as is evident today. So Hafiz ibn Kayyim said, this is Zubur. The, each of these sects, they've got their own books and they tell people to turn away from other books and come to their books. Then Shaykh al-Bani said, It is likely that these books which the Shaykh was referring to is the Hadith. So this Hadith is recorded in a hakim in his 4-554-5. He says sahih and Zahabi said sahih. Abdullah ibn Amr r.a he relates from Amr ibn Qais al who said, I set out with my father in a delegation to Muawiyah radiya So there was a group amongst whom was Sahaba who were going to give their, uh, pay their respects to Muawiyah. And I heard a man addressing the people and this man was saying, Indeed amongst the signs of the Allah is that the status of evil folk will be raised. And the status of good folk will be diminished. And when Al-Mathna is recited to the people, none of them change it or refute it. Somebody said, what is Al-Mathna? He replied, that which has been written besides the book of Allah, so, wa ta'ala, the Almighty and the All-Powerful. So this is the report. So, yeah. so what's one of the signs of the hour? The signs of the hour is good people will be loved, evil people hired, and al mathna will be common, Mathna, When they ask what is mathna, he goes, everything written apart from the Quran or the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So people will be calling to that. Then Shaykh al al-Bani rahmatullah alayhi said, it appears that his devotion to the Quran and the sunnah lay behind Imam Ahmed aversion to writing books that contain minute details about fiqh related matters and opinions. Look how interesting. Imam Ahmed didn't like people even writing his rulings. you Don't write it. And Sheikh Al-Badi goes, this is why. Because he knew that they'll turn to those books. And hasn't that happened now? (laughs) You know, you ask a person, uh, brother, what's the situation here? You go, and they mention a fiki book. <laughs> and then you go, in this book? you go, okay. But then you ask the obvious follow-on question. So, how is that ruling? How did it come about? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> so, is there anything wrong with that? Technically, no. But then the problem is, people are now turning away from the Quran and the Sunnah. They tell you to fiky books, and that's why now even the scholars forget about leb. And you ask them, you know, why did why do the hadithi say you do this in Salat? and they don't give you a, a narration. <laughs> right? they'll say in books of fik. There you go. So Imam Ahmad goes, don't lie anything, meaning don't have this aversion because the Prophet was warning you about that. That Allah So ideally, somebody ask you, you give revelation first. Then you say, and this is why in the books of Fiqh, it mentions this is the ruling. And everybody satisfied with that. But if you go straight to the books of Fiqh, people will still query it. They go, well, with all respect to the Sheikh, where did he get it from? And then a the person starts arguing. He goes, don't, you, don't, don't you trust the Sheikh? Of course I trust him. But I'd like to know where he got the ruling from. <laughs> You're going backwards. <laughs> then Shaykh Al-Bani, he says, This was due to Imam Ahmad's fear. That people would ignore the Qur'an and Sunnah in favor of them. So now why have I mentioned this here? Because this is a commentary of this verse. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? People have cut off their affair of unity between them into sects. Each party rejoicing in that which is with itself. Surah 23 verse 53. So note. This verse is almost identical to the verse we're going through. Verse 93 of Surah Anbiya. But later generations cut off their affairs of unity. One from another, they will all return. So meaning, revelation is what brings unity. If you turn away from revelation, you'll end up with camps. And that's exactly what's happened. So, And also, if you look at the brilliance of the companions, عنه, they were fearful of this. Sayyidina Umar, he didn't want senior companions to leave al Madina, And he was forced sometimes when he sent Abdullah Ibn Masood to Kufa. He goes, I needed him more than you need him. Because you don't know what I've done by sending him to you. (laughs) And what happened? When he was sent there, the seed of the Hanifi fiqh was planted. But would the seed of the Hanifi fiqh have been planted if he hadn't been sent? (laughs) So Omar was brilliant, he could see this, <laughs> right? So, but of course there was a need. And this is what other companions would ask him, let, let us go on jihad, because you've done jihad. <laughs> he goes, the world doesn't need to see you, you don't need to see the world. But Zubair kept persisting, Zubair said, I want to go. And finally he said, if you go, I fear civil war. And Zubair just looked, and what happened? Didn't Zubair get involved in civil war? Look at the brilliance of Umar lord. Now people say he's monafik, mashaAllah. Verse 94. Whoever works any act of righteousness and has iman, his effort will not be rejected. We shall record it in his favor. So now this verse is very interesting. Usually Allah mentions Iman first. amanu wa Those who believe and do good deeds. Why is he reversed it? (laughs) Whoever does deeds of righteousness and has iman. So here, there's a few things worth pointing out. So, this narration is recorded by Hafiz ibn Abdul Ali in his Jami Biyan al-Ilm page 70, and it mentions that Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud, he said, Speech by itself is, is worthless unless it is followed by action. So words are useless without action. Speech and action by themselves are useless unless they have the right intention. So speech actions are useless without ikhlas, an intention. And speech, action, and intention are useless unless they are in accordance with the sunnah. So if somebody gives speech, that's not enough. He acts upon it, it's not enough. He's sincere, it's not enough. If he's in line with the sunnah, it's accepted. Who said that? Abdullah ibn Masud. Now think about that. People fall on the prerequisites. Sometimes it's just speech. They fell on the first third. Then they've got action. But there's no ikhlas. They're asking to. They fell on the third. And then you get people. Look how interesting. Speech, action and sincerity. But it's not from the sunnah. And look how many people fall. And how simple is the matter. Ibn Masudu is highlighting it. He goes, you have to be in line. And also, Umar in Ahmad in his Zukh, number 615, he would make the dua. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make all my deeds righteous. Make them sincerely for your face. And do not let any portion of them be for anyone else. mean, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make all my deeds righteous. Make them sincerely for your face. And do not let any portion of them be for anyone else. I mean, so why was he making that du'a? He feared, he goes, maybe I'm tripping. <laughs> Directly from the Prophet in Tirmidhi Ahmad Hakim, Sahih ul-Jami, number 3,263. He said, وسلم, the best of you are those who live the longest wa ahsanukum a'mala and are the best indeed. SubhanAllah. The best of you are those who live the longest أَعْمَالًا And are the best in deeds. So you live long and you do the most beautiful deeds. The Prophet is highlighting, so not deeds. He could have said, أعمال. He goes, أَعْمَالًا And this is why in the Quran, which we should recite every night, Surah al in the second verse, Allah subhanahu wa taala says, أَلَّذِي <laughs> خَلَقَ he created death and life that he might test you which of you does the most beautiful deed. Allah Tala doesn't say those of you who do the most deeds. He could have said amala very easily. He said ahsano pure, beautiful. How was, was he referring to that? Speech, action, sincerity, sunnah. He has to be in line. He goes these are the that's why I've created you. So that you do sincere deeds <coughs> to the almighty and glorious. So note here in verse 94 when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Whoever does any righteous deed and has iman, his endeavor will not be rejected. We shall record it in his favor. So look how beautiful. After Allah mentions the prophets, a glimpse into their their preaching and their teachings. Then he mentions this is one ummat. Then he mentions generations have now split, (laughs) cut off. He then reminds you how to come back. Do it sincerely, in line. Everything has to be in place. You have to believe. Because that is recorded. Yeah. Because it is recorded in a, in a favor for them. Verse 95. But there is a ban on every town which we have destroyed that they shall not return. This is a fascinating verse. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? There is a ban wa haram on lof. There is a ban on ala qariya, on every town which we have destroyed. That they shall not return. So here there's a report. In Bahawi, Imam Razi, in his tafsir, Ibn Jarir, Ibn Katir. Hafiz Ibn Katir, he recited this verse. There is a ban on every town, he explained. It has been decreed that the people of each town that has been destroyed will never return to this world before the day of resurrection, as is reported clearly from Ibn Abbas, Qatada, and others. So the clear meaning here is when Allah, Allah destroys a locality, they can never return. This is what Allah, Allah has made haram. The Qur'an says. They will not have a second chance. And because that they shall not return. So now there's a report. And this beautifully explains it. So this hadith is in Tirmidhi, Number 3010. And Imam Tirmidhi said it's Hassan Gharib. It's also recorded in Ibn Majah. Number 190. Ibn Hibban in his Al-Ihsan. Number 6983. Hakim in his Mustafa, three two or three states, sahih. And other references. Jabir ibn Abdullah, he said, Rasulullah met me and said, Ya Jabir, ma liya araka munkasira. O Jabir, why do I see you upset? So look how interesting. Jabir ibn Abdullah, the Prophet sees him because why are you upset? I said, Ya Rasulullah, my father was martyred, leaving family and debt behind. So, who was his father? His father was Abdullah Ibn Haram. He was martyred on the day of Uhud. So, he goes, The reason you see the grief is that my father's been martyred and he's left dead. The Prophet said, Shall I give you news of what your father met with? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I said, Yes, of course, you are Rasulullah. The Prophet said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not speak to anyone except from behind the veil. But he brought your father to speak to him directly. Subhanallah. It's up in the report. <laughs> so look how he's cheering up Abdullah. Uh, Jabir, he goes, shall I give you some good news? <laughs> the good news. Like, bihi abak, for your father. He goes, yes. And look at the amazing statement the Prophet made. Unbelievable. He goes, Allah doesn't speak to anyone except from behind the veil. Well, what does that mean? The hadith in Sayyih Muslim, the Prophet said, wasallam said, that, Allah, if he was to remove one veil, the whole creation would burn. Meaning that creation cannot exist without Allah's veils protecting the creation. Meaning it's impossible to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What did the Prophet ﷺ say here? He goes, he's always spoken behind the veil. Well, he spoke to your father directly. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, that Allah the Almighty said to your father, Ya Abdi, tamanna aliyya u'tiq. O oh, my servant, do you wish that I give you something? Your father said, Oh, Lord, give me life so that I may fight for you a second time. Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, he responded. Then he recited this verse, verse 95. It has been decreed by me that they shall not return. He said, so this verse was revealed and he recited Surah Ali imran Surah 3, verse 169. Think not that those are dead who are killed in the path of Allah. So now what's amazing about this report the Prophet is reciting verses. And people aren't even real, you know, registering. Why did Allah the Almighty not fulfill the request of um, Abdullah, radiallahu? Because what did the Prophet say? The Allah tala said. Surah 21 verse 95. They shall not return. It's haram. I've said that in my book. Once you leave, good or bad, you don't come back. So there's the proof what the verse is referring to. Now, why am I mentioning that? Because some people give warped interpretations of this verse. And it's not mentioning kiamat signs. Right? So, the response to that is, well, how did you interpret it like that? Right? And the response here is, (coughs) is talking about nations who were destroyed, they're not coming back. And from directly, the Prophet the righteous don't come back. Even those Sahab who were martyred. Look at how interesting. Allah Allah asked him, it's not as if he you know was audacious to ask. Allah <laughs> asked him, Ya Abdi Tamanna oh my servant, do you wish that I give you anything? And look how beautiful. We don't realize the rank of the martyr. <laughs> you know, he could have said, Ya you can given me jinnit. I'm in paradise. What else? look what he says. Subhanallah. He says, <laughs> Give me life so that I may fight for you a second time and die. Then Allah Taala says, I have written that they shall not return. But then Allah revealed that don't say the martyrs are dead. Then that was revealed after. And this is why they don't come back. So now another point to finish. So if Abdullah ibn Haram, رضي had the honor of seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without a veil. And what do you think about the Prophet? So again, for there is a view we respect it, that there was a veil. The Prophet didn't see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but the veil was in place. But Imam Nawil Ahmatullah said in his Sharh Sayyid Muslim that the majority view is there was no veil. So obviously, then you start looking at the proofs. But this is one of the cardinal proofs they use. Because how can a companion be given the honor? And Rasulullah isn't. So you're not, even, you're not even talking about a prophet. You know, if it was a prophet, you could argue. But well, even then, you think, well, he's the Sayyid of the children of Adam. How can another prophet be given the honor? We're not talking about a prophet, we're talking about a martyr, a sahab. So then you end up with that preposterous situation. Yeah, he was given it. And he goes, so he was given it and Rasulullah wasn't. So the response is, the majority say there was no veil. And then of course, we shouldn't go into semantics because the scholars have differed, but the majority view is, he saw with his physical eyes. And just to add, to finish, Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, what did he say in the Qur'an? Allah says, قال ارني انظر اليك When Musa came at the appointed time he said oh my lord show me yourself so I may see you Allah Ta'ala said lan <laughs> Musa Allah you shall not see me. stop in the report. Did Allah Tala said, you will never see me. Look at the precision of the Quran. You cannot see me. But look at the mountain. If it remains firm in its place, then you shall see me. And when Musa looked at the mountain, Sa'iqah, he died. Allah Tala brought him to life and he goes, I now am the first of those who believe. Believe in what? Musa A.S. is Rasulullah. He said, I am the first to believe nobody can see you in the world. <laughs> in the world, nobody can see you. And the Prophet Sallallahu he explained, he goes, Allah t.a. showed this much of his greatness to the mountain. And he got his little finger and he got his nail. But the scholars said that was by way of, you know, demonstration. It doesn't actually, you know, the Prophet explained, don't try to work it out. And the mountain turned to dust. What power can turn a mountain to dust? And kill a prophet in the process. So that some people use as a proof that you can't see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that is in the world. Rasulullah wasn't in the world. And the mihraj out of this world, normally figurative speech, it's out of this world. Yeah, that's right. It was out of this world. So on the side of us, are we welcome to it? O the Billahim and Shaitan Rajim, Bismillahir <laughs> Rahmanir Rahim. In Nahadihi Ummata Wahida, Wa rabbukum Faabudun. وتقطّع أمرهم بينهم كلٌ إلينا راجعون فمَن يَعْمَل مِن الصالحات وهو مؤمنٌ فلا كفران لسعيه وإن له وحرام على قرية أنهم لا يرجعون. we pray to Almighty Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he makes the Quran and the biggest of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala that he gives me for any illness which I may have inadvertently uttered. <laughs>